Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Week 18 in the NFL is in the books and what a season finale it was. Going down to the final kick in the final second of overtime in the final game. I am your host Richard Graves. This is Graves on Gridiron. The show's record on the season is 31-23 and 23 against the line. And if you're a regular listener, you'll know each week we've looked at three games from the slate on offer. That all changes now. No longer just three games are we looking at. We're going to look at every single game in the NFL's postseason. And that starts right now as we turn the page onto Super Wildcard Weekend in the NFL. Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Yes, welcome along to the show. Six games to kick off the playoffs with Super Wildcard Weekend. We have two games on Saturday evening, a triple header on Sunday, and then for the first time in NFL postseason history, we have a Monday night football game as well. And it all kicks off in Cincinnati on Saturday evening. Game one of Super Wildcard Weekend sees the Las Vegas Raiders Travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. The opening line for this game has the Bengals as five and a half point favourites. Now look, it's often said when you get into the playoffs, it's all about which teams are hot and which teams are not. Well, both of these teams go into the postseason in tremendous form, it has to be said. The Raiders are riding a four-game winning streak, while the Bengals, if you're willing to put to one side... Last Sunday's defeat, in which there wasn't a lot on the game for them and they rested a lot of their starters, well, they went into it winning three straight, including that big statement win a few weeks ago over the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals' offense has been humming. Quarterback Joe Burrow winging the ball all over the field. He's thrown for a combined 971 yards and eight touchdowns in his last two outings. On the other hand, you've got the Las Vegas Raiders, who played a significant role, to put it mildly, in ending the postseason hopes of fellow AFC rivals, the Cleveland Browns, the Denver Broncos, the Indianapolis Colts, and then, of course, in the most dramatic fashion last weekend, the Los Angeles Chargers. All along their unbeaten run as they ride into the playoffs. And it should be pointed out as well that quarterback Derek Carr's performances have been nothing short of impressive, making clutch throws in critical situations... But on top of that, his leadership of this group of players, given what the Raiders have had to put up with, with the off-field distractions this season, to keep this team on track, to keep it going and throw it on his back and help them into the postseason, it's, for me, been the most impressive season of Derek Carr's uh, NFL career, without a shadow of a doubt. And as a result of that, I will not be surprised if this matchup turns out to be something of an air show. Um, the Raiders and Bengals are the sixth and seventh ranked uh, passing offences, respectively. The one cause for concern I have comes with the Raiders and their red zone offence. It was an issue last weekend against the LA Chargers. Putting points on the board has been a little problematic for them throughout the year. They're averaging just 22 points a game. And against a Cincinnati team that are explosive, they, they have an offence that does make uh, regular big plays. That's a concern for me heading into this matchup. The Bengals are scoring a full five points a game more than the Raiders over the course of this season. And they hold the seventh-ranked scoring offence in the league. This discrepancy... If it could be highlighted in one game for me, 
Probably was week 11 when the Bengals went down to Vegas and played the Raiders and beat the Raiders on their own turf. For the first half of the game, it was a, a tight, evenly fought um, contest. And then in the third and fourth quarters, again, this explosive Bengals offense made plays. They ran out the comfortable 32-13 winners. This time, of course, the game's in Cincinnati. And although it should be pointed out that the only two postseason meetings between these two sides have been won by the Raiders, it feels like it could be time for history to be rewritten a little bit. Cincinnati have a trio of receiving um, threats in the likes of Jamar Chase, this incredibly impressive rookie wide receiver. They have... Higgins, T. Higgins as well. They have Tyler Boyd. They also have one of the better running backs in this league, Pro Bowl bound, Joe Mixon. It's an explosive offense. And this Bengals fan base has been waiting a long time. I know the Raiders fan base has been waiting a long time uh, to taste postseason success, almost two decades. But for Cincinnati fans, you have to go all the way back to the 1990 season to find the last time they won a playoff game. I think that run ends on Saturday night. Raiders fans probably aren't upset because I've picked against them on this show in each of the last two weeks and they've come up smelling of roses and proven me wrong. Well, I'm going to go three in a row against the Raiders. I'm going to take the Bengals to win on Saturday and I'm going to take them winning by covering the five and a half point spread. Take the Bengals at minus 5.5. The second game in Saturday night's doubleheader sees an AFC East rematch as the New England Patriots travel to the Buffalo Bills. The opening line for this game, set by the odds makers, has the Bills as four-point favourites. And you can see why, because the Buffalo Bills offence seems to have found its swagger again down the regular season stretch. Over their last five games, they've never scored fewer than 27 points in a game and they won four straight games to close out the regular season. Contrast that with the New England Patriots, who somewhat stumbled into the playoffs with three defeats from their last four games, including a 31-21 loss to Buffalo in Foxborough in Week 16. That was a game that if the New England Patriots had won, they'd have had one hand on the AFC's title, and they would could have put one foot over the precipice of the, for the Buffalo Bills, almost knocking them out of playoff contention. It didn't happen. Buffalo got the win. As I say, that game was in Foxborough. Saturday night's game is on Buffalo's home turf. And even though the New England Patriots have already won there this season, cast that game to one side. Forget it. That took place in extreme weather conditions. The wind that night made it almost impossible to throw the ball. And the Patriots, quite simply reacted better to the conditions. They attempted just three passes in the entire game. They basically said, we are going to run the ball, and they dared the Bills' defence to stop them. The Bills couldn't. The Patriots ran out 14-10 winners. Now, it's not going to be the same conditions on Saturday night. It doesn't mean it's going to be a holiday in the Bahamas either. The forecast I've seen predicts the temperature to be down at minus 13, minus 14 degrees Celsius come kickoff time on Saturday night. It is going to be cold, but crucially, it's not going to be anywhere near as windy as it was for that first regular season matchup between these two in Buffalo. Um, and that's a problem, I think, for New England because they're facing a Bills team who are the only team this season to have both an offence 
and a defence ranked in the top five in the National Football League. They average 28.4 points per game on offence. That ranks third in the NFL. And they complement that by having the number one ranked scoring defence in the National Football League. The Bills are giving up just 17 points per game on average this season. Now, make no mistake, the Patriots' defence has been good as well. They're ranked fourth overall. They've taken the ball away with 23 interceptions. Only the Dallas Cowboys have taken more interceptions from opponents this season. And let's not forget, of course, Bill Belichick, their head coach. He's been in more playoff games than any other head coach in NFL history. He's won more Super Bowls than any other head coach in NFL history. However, quarterback is the most important position on the field right now in the playoffs. And frankly, the Bills have the better quarterback. Mac Jones has played well in his rookie season. No one's taking that away from him. But Josh Allen has a cannon for an arm. He makes plays with his legs as well. Listen to these statistics. He's thrown for over 4,000 yards. He's scored six rushing touchdowns over the course of this regular season. He scored 31 rushing touchdowns in his four-year NFL career. I think I'm right in saying only Cam Newton has more rushing touchdowns in the same time frame in NFL history. Aligned with that, he has Eight uh, passing touchdowns, no interceptions in his last three games for the Buffalo Bills against the New England Patriots. In short, Buffalo, to me, looked like a team primed for a playoff run. They made it to the AFC Championship game last year, didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Do not be surprised to see them having another crack at it this time around. While, in contrast, New England looked like a team running out of steam. I think the Bills win this game and they do it pulling away at the end. Take the Buffalo Bills at minus four. Let's move on to our Sunday triple header then. It begins with a 6pm kickoff UK time as the Philadelphia Eagles travel to the home of the reigning Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we're doing it a little bit differently this on this one. Whereas all season long, we've looked at either total points or the point spread given. On this one, the, the line that stood out to me was Buccaneers' total points in the game set at 28.5. I'm going to take the over on this one, and I'll explain why. The defending Super Bowl champions, for starters, are quarterbacked by the most successful quarterback in NFL history. And now they're looking to become the first team to win back-to-back -back Super Bowls since their quarterback, Tom Brady, did it way back in 2004 with the New England Patriots. Last week, the Eagles rested many of their starters. It's difficult to read a lot in, into that game. Um, but you look at the games leading up to it, they were 6-1 and one in the seven games um, before playing Dallas last week. The problem I have with that run is that it included two wins over the Washington football team, a win over the Giants, a win over the New York Jets, a win over the Denver Broncos and also a Week 11 win over a New Orleans Saints team who were playing really badly at the time. They also lost a game to the New York Giants in that run. My point being, you look at that those opponents, who have they beaten? Certainly no one of the calibre of the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's for sure. And don't forget, they have already played and lost to the Bucs once this season, albeit way back in Week 6, I'll admit that. That was in Philadelphia, this weekend's game takes place in Tampa. In their favour, the Philadelphia Eagles do boast the number one um, rushing offence in the NFL. However, red flag again on this. 
They're leading Russia this season is their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, with 784 yards. Anytime that it's your quarterback that's leading the team in rushing, that's a problem because you're exposing your quarterback to hits from linebackers, uh, defensive linemen, and so on. I don't like that. I certainly don't like it when you're stepping up in class in the playoffs. And oh, by the way, the Buccaneers just happen to boast the number three ranked rushing defence this season. They were the number one ranked rushing defence en route to the Super Bowl last year. Tiny little drop off this time. Still the number three ranked rushing defence. This is also a first playoff appearance for head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Sirianni, as well as quarterback Jalen Hurts. And you have to say that like the regular season, you expect this to be a fairly steep learning curve for both of them. The regular season, you had 18 weeks, 17 games to get it sorted out. And to their credit, the Philadelphia Eagles did. In the postseason, you've got 60 minutes and you're going up against the defending Super Bowl champions. Look, it's a steep, steep learning curve and the Buccaneers aren't going to let up. They've scored at least 28 points in seven of their last eight games. They scored 28 points in the win over Philly in, in week six. They have the number two ranked scoring offense in the NFL this year. They're averaging a lick over 30 points per game. And if the Eagles can't run the ball effectively, make no mistake, this game could get out of hand pretty quickly. I know Eagles fans will point to their defense and say they've only given up um, 20, over 27 points twice since week seven this season when they lost to the Raiders. But when you consider the caliber of opponent, and I don't mean any disrespect, but you just consider, like I say, the Washington football team, they've played twice. The New York Giants, they've played twice. The New York Jets, the, the Denver Broncos. They, they aren't offenses that are scaring me. And I don't think as a result, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be too afraid of this Philadelphia Eagles defense either. Tampa in a different class to any of those teams. I think the scoreboard reflects it come the the um, final final score at the end of the game. Take the Buccaneers to score over 28 and a half points in this game. Graves on Gridiron. Game two in Sunday's triple header takes us to the Lone Star State, AT&T Stadium, the home of the Dallas Cowboys as they host the San Francisco 49ers in what might well prove to be the game of Super Wildcard Weekend. It certainly has the history with no doubt at all. Those with longer memories will go back to Dwight Clark and the catch for the 49ers in the NFC Championship game back in the early 1980s. Then on to the 1990s, the tussles these two teams had, the players that moved between the two teams, the likes of Deion Sanders, Charles Haley, Ken Norton Jr. Uh, and so on. Certainly, it has the big game feel about it and it's apt really that it's in the postseason. They're two teams and two fan bases that have been starved of Super Bowl success now for the best part of three decades. When you consider the 49ers have four Super Bowls to their name, the Cowboys have five Lombardi trophies in the cabinet. Um, what the 49ers have done to get to the postseason, I have to say, is nothing short of impressive. At one point this season, their record stood at three and five. 
and they turned that around to win seven of their last nine games, including a sweep of the Rams and getting a big overtime win in Cincinnati against that high-octane, explosive Bengals offense. In that span, their defense was very impressive. They gave up an average of 17 points per game um, across that stretch. And as the Rams discovered last weekend, on offense, the Niners run the ball as well as anyone at all right now. And this, for me, could well prove to be the key to this game on Sunday. Everyone in Dallas will point to their offense. What about our playmakers? What about Dak Prescott? The Cowboys' offense is the number one ranked offense in football this season. They're the top scoring offense. They average 31.2 points per game. However, it should be pointed out that they have struggled somewhat both to move the ball and get points on the board against physical, well-organized teams this year. Defeats to the Denver Broncos, the Kansas City Chiefs, and then more recently the Arizona Cardinals highlighted that issue. And while they posted 50 points and more, against the Washington football team and an Eagles second string outfit last weekend. That somewhat, I believe, papers over some of the issues they've had in Dallas. No doubt they have playmakers on both sides of the ball. However, I've got to say that there's a little bit of a feeling that this Cowboys defense, as well as it has played this season, and it has, take nothing away from them, just a little bit of a feeling that they're a little bit opportunistic. They lead the league, after all, with 34 takeaways and I do feel that if the 49ers can look after the ball and run it effectively not only does it chew up the the clock it also keeps that Dallas offense off the field on the sideline I think linebacker Micah Parsons um, has had an outstanding rookie season and for me it's beyond question he will be named the defensive rookie of the year um, in the end of season awards and he's sure to have an integral role if Dallas are to defuse the Niners offense on Sunday. You look at what they have though. Elijah Mitchell, the rookie running back, has played very well for the Niners this season. Brandon Ayuk has been a good receiver, especially with yards after catch. And equally, you know, we haven't mentioned George Kittle, but wide receiver Debo Samuel, for me, is likely to be the key chess piece in what San Francisco wants to do in this game. If the game ends up being put in the hands of 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, That is bad news for the San Francisco 49ers and likely means the Cowboys' defensive front is having a big day. However, you really should note that outside of the NFC East, Dallas has only beaten one team. That was the New England Patriots back in week six, who've then gone on to make the playoffs this season. Their record in games against teams that have gone on to appear in the playoffs this time around is just one and three. In short... The game line for this has the Cowboys as three-point favourites. Well, if you consider the odds makers, give a team three points for home field advantage. That effectively means if this game was being played at Levi Stadium, uh, the home of the 49ers, it would be the Niners who were three-point favourites. It's a coin flip game. It has all the hallmarks of being a tight, tense affair, and I think that's going to be reflected in the result. I am not going to take the game spread on this. Instead, I'm going to look at total points. The line is set at 50 and a half points. Take the under. Under 50 and a half total points for this game. The final game on Sunday sees the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Arrowhead Stadium, the home of the Kansas City Chiefs. The opening line for this game sets the total points line 
at 46 for the game. These teams last met just a few weeks ago, week 16. It was at our Arrowhead, and frankly, that match wasn't even close. The Chiefs won, taking their foot off the gas, 36-10. The game was over by half-time. The Steelers are an historic franchise, however. They're, they're no strangers to the postseason. Head coach Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season record in the 15 years or so he's been head coach at the Steelers. They've walked this road before. Their last playoff win came in Arrowhead Stadium over the Chiefs five years ago. And back in 2005, when quarterback Ben Roethlisberger was still, frankly, finding his feet in the NFL, they went into the playoffs like they are doing this time as a wildcard team and then went all the way and won it all, beating the Seahawks in the Super Bowl to lift the Lombardi Trophy. Quite rightly, you're all shouting at me, that's in the past, what does it matter? Well, you're right. It is in the past and it has no bearing on this game. That's the problem the Steelers have. Ben Roethlisberger this week has admitted as much, saying that you know, the Steelers might well be the worst team in this season's playoffs. They have a 9-7-1 record through the regular season. That one was a tie against the Detroit Lions. He knows the Steelers' best chance of winning this game is to keep it tight, play defence. And it is often said that defence wins championships. But the Steelers' defence hasn't been that great this year. They've given up 36 points or more in four of their last eight games. One of those was against this Kansas City Chiefs side, whose offence, although it still doesn't appear to be at its best, has still posted at 177 points in their last five games. Just reflect on that a little, little bit. The Steelers have given up 36 points or more in half of their last eight games. The Chiefs, over their last five games, are averaging 35.4 points a game. And three of the opponents in those five games are now in the playoffs. The Chiefs' offence might not be what we expect it to be, but it is still pretty damn good, let me tell you. The bottom line is Pittsburgh's playoff win, if you want to put it like that, may well have been last Sunday when they played their fierce rivals, the Baltimore Ravens. Both teams knew it was win and hope you're in. Lose and you go home. That's what happens to the Ravens. The Steelers won the game and then they had to get help from outside, which eventually came in the form of a Jaguars win over the Colts and the Raiders um, knocking out the, the LA Chargers on Sunday night football. I think that might have been their playoff game this season. No disrespect to Big Ben. He doesn't have the arm. He doesn't have the mobility he once had anymore. And their defence, frankly, doesn't play at the high level we've seen from previous Steeler teams. The Chiefs have an array of offensive weapons. They're led by perhaps the most talented quarterback in the NFL right now, former NFL MVP, former Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl winner Patrick Mahomes. And frankly, they're going to score points. That means Pittsburgh are going to have to take chances. They're going to have to empty the offensive playbook, even if they're just to keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs in this game, as far as I'm concerned. Ultimately, I don't think they do. I think it'll end up being a one-sided game, as we saw in the Week 16 encounter. But it's likely to be a high-scoring game as well. So take the total points in this at over 46 for the game. OK, Super Wildcard Weekend closes out with a final matchup then on Monday Night Football as the Arizona Cardinals 
travel to LA to meet the LA Rams. It'll be the third time they've met this season. The line for this game opens up, making the Rams four-point favourites. It's been a season of contrasting fortunes, I think it's fairly safe to say, for the Arizona Cardinals at the midway point of the campaign. They had the best record in the NFL. It stood at 8-1. and one. And the question when people were talking about Super Bowl contenders that I often heard banded around was, why are people overlooking the Cardinals? Best record in the NFL. Eight games, one win. That was the Green Bay Packers, a game ultimately they should have won, quite frankly, but lost. Well, in part, it's because of the dramatic loss in form we saw from them last season when they started out 5-2 and two, but then went on to lose six of their last nine games and didn't even make the playoffs. And in part, it's because people still haven't quite bought into the Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury air raid offense approach that's been employed in, in Arizona. I have to say, none of those doubts have been eased in the second half of this season. They start out 8-1, and one, they're the toast of the NFL, and then, like last year, their form just nosedives off the edge of a cliff. They've lost five of their last eight games and they've just won one of their last five. Factor into that equation as well. You've lost your best wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins is out injured. J.J. Watt, their star defensive end, has been missing since uh, the midway points of the season, although there is a chance that he might be able to make a return um, earlier than expected in Monday night's game. And their best two running backs right now in Chase Edmonds and James Conner are both banged up. Both are suffering a, a little bit with rib injuries. Their, their status is in doubt for, for the game. What I will say is, in their favour, their form on the road this season has been nothing short of outstanding. They're 8-1 and one on the road and they've scored at least 25 points in all eight of those wins. One of them came at SoFi Stadium, the home of the LA Rams, week four, when they put 37 points past the Rams. It has to be said, though, for all that is positive, a lot has changed since week four. While this is a first postseason appearance for Cardinals coach, head coach Cliff Kingsbury, Sean McVay, his Rams counterpart, knows the playoffs pretty well. Remember three years ago, it was only three years ago, with Jared Goff at quarterback, he took the Rams all the way to the Super Bowl before losing narrowly to the New England Patriots. The Rams also avenged that week four loss this season to the, the Arizona Cardinals by going into Arizona last month and coming away with, with a, a win there. And they've got the added bonus and new elements to their offense now with running back Cam Akers returning to action last weekend. Look, without doubt, that defeat the Rams suffered to the 49ers last weekend in overtime was disappointing. But through the final month of the season... Only a fool would suggest that the Rams haven't played well. They finished out the season with a 5-1 and one record to land the NFC West title on the number four seed in the playoffs. They scored a total of 161 points across that span. It contrasts sharply with what we've seen through the Cardinals and the drop-off in their offensive production. Through the first seven games of the season... Only once did they fail to put up at least 31 points on the board. In their last seven games of the season, only once did they hit 31 points. In fact, they averaged just 23.1 points a game through those final seven games. Look, ultimately, I won't lie. It's tough to see past back-to-back -back seasons in which Arizona's form uh, has mirrored so closely. They start well, 
they fall off dramatically. Suffering four defeats in your last five games going into the playoffs is not the form that you want to be in heading into the postseason. And each of those four defeats as well was by at least six points. Experience and form matter at this stage of the season. It's the business end of the season. Expect the Rams to win on Monday night. Expect them to cover this spread as well. Take the Rams at minus four. Graves on Gridiron. So those are the six games slated for what Super Wildcard Weekend in the NFL. Remember, for the regular season, the show's record against the line was 31-23. and 23. Good enough in itself, but like the NFL itself, that doesn't matter now. The postseason is a whole new animal. We go again. So to recap the six games and what we've taken on the show for Super, Super Wildcard Weekend... We start first of all on Saturday evening. The Vegas, go, the Vague, Vegas, the Vegas Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, going to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals, five and a half point favourites, take the Cincinnati Bengals at minus five point five. Then we're on to Buffalo as the Patriots are in town to take on the Bills. The Patriots won here in the regular season. I don't think they win here this time. Take the Bills at minus four. On to Sunday's triple header. It kicks off with the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers with the number two ranked scoring offense in the NFL this season. They're averaging over 30 points a game. Take the Buccaneers to score more than 28.5 points during the course of this game. Then on to Dallas. The San Francisco 49ers against the Cowboys. Look at the total points line for this. It's set at 50 and a half. Take the under. Fewer than 50 and a half total points in this game. Sunday night slate is rounded off in Kansas City when the Chiefs host the Steelers. The total points for this game is set at 46. Take the over. Over 46 total points for this game. And then the Super Wildcard weekend rounds off on Monday night in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, the home of Super Bowl 56. The Rams are four-point favourites heading into that game against the Arizona Cardinals. Take the LA Rams to cover that at minus four. Remember, first and foremost, it's supposed to be fun. It's intended to be fun. So have fun with it. You can go to my webpage, Graves on Gridiron, uh, to see a little bit more detail about everything we've talked about in this podcast. Just drop down to the Talking Sports segment and you can read the Super Wildcard Weekend blog there alternatively you can hit me up on twitter as well at richard graves one we're certainly excited we're looking forward to some thrilling games in super wildcard weekend and we look forward to seeing who will progress to the divisional round join me once again to look more into that next week subscribe to graves on gridiron wherever you listen to podcasts and keep up to date with the latest on twitter search for richard graves one that's richard graves the number one